0: How did you feel about their first sexiness? I loved it. I'm reading it right now. Oh, <laughs> I reading it. <laughs>
1: And welcome back to another episode of Romancing the Monsters. This week, we have a very exciting book to talk about. We are talking... About- You're Marge. Oh, yes. I am
2: March. That That is true. And I'm Saf, by the way.
0: Hi, I'm S. S is like, what? what <laughs>
1: um, anyways, uh, today's book is... A court of Frost and Star No. What no. am I saying? No. <laughs>
2: Wrong book. <laughs> Wrong book, Marge. That's
1: what is going on. With what? Me? A court of silver flames by Sarah J. Mass. I'm so sorry. It is not a court of Frost and Starlight. That came out like three years ago. <laughs> <sighs> Jeez. Okay. Um Whew. This book. How we plan to talk about this book is by parts. So this might be into two parts, depending on how long this is. So you'll know by the end of the episode if you got to wait for another one to get the whole thing. Um, and I'm thinking we should say what we thought of the book first and then go mm-hmm. into. Yeah. OK, so Yeah, I'm done with that. A Court of Silver Flames, guys. What did you think? A long awaited book. We've been waiting we waited a whole like three lives years. for this. <laughs> Cassian and Nesta finally did the deeds. We waited, what, like two, three years for this book? Oh, yeah. If not four years. It's a long time. Since 2016 was, like, in in A Court of Mist and Fury when they first interact, and we were all like, they gotta True. be a thing, huh? True. Plus that, that infamous... Um, Oh, what was it called? Like the the short story, the bonus scene with them yes. in a, in Acomaf, yes. which was delicious, by the way. Oh, so good. So,
0: what did you think? Us? Uh, let's start with you. was uh... <laughs> <She's> like <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, I loved it.
1: You did. I did i'm her. genuinely surprised by that i yeah. don't know why really
0: why i don't know why, why. Do you i don't
1: know i'm just i'm surprised
0: yeah okay this is cool yeah i why? loved it there, there were little moments where i'm, I'm gonna um, question i guess um but we'll get into that later um but yeah i loved it i was i was one of the people that didn't really like nesta um. Mm. Yeah. So I was. I wasn't as bad as like you know the fandom where you know uh-huh, they uh-huh. hate her. But I yeah. was. I was one of the ones that she wasn't my favorite. Um. But you so were was, open to her story from the yeah, start. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because some um, people were way against
0: it. But I loved it. I loved her journey. I loved the way it was nice to see her process and you know going through it and overcoming mm, yeah. a lot of things. I loved. I, loved Cassian. Um, I really <laughs> love, love Cassian. I love Cassian.
1: I think. I think this book is like a little bit jarring compared to the others, in the sense that to me this felt a lot more character driven than story- like plot driven. Um, mm-hmm. Especially, yeah, if you compare it to like the first three books in the original trilogy, where it's like. Yeah, sure. It's it's very character driven as well, but like the plot is really important in those books, and like you're constantly moving, and like you have this bigger thing that's you know unraveling in the background, and the characters are constantly going left and right trying to find things. And um, this yeah. is kind of jarring in comparison. And it did take me. Sorry, I'm like going into what I thought at the bar. Yeah, no, no, go <laughs> I ahead, didn't like, Go <laughs> ahead. It's
2: okay. Um, um, no, it's fine.
1: It was a little bit jarring for me at first, probably because as much as I wanted this to be about Nesta and like her journey, I don't think I had fully realized what that meant for the bigger plot. And in this book, it's kind of like you spend more time with Nesta, sort of, you know, day to day life, just like slowly learning things and like, you know sort of learning to love herself again and like you know there's ups and downs and it's the, the you know the plot quote unquote plot is like not um i mean it's it's, it's nesta that's she's the plot like there's no yeah. real adventure i would say i mean there's bits and pieces here and there for sure but like that was something i had to get used to um
2: mm-hmm.
1: i will say i this is not my favorite book of the series but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, I I wasn't okay. bored at any points. But I truly expected to connect with it more than I did. And that probably is my own fault. Uh, maybe I went into it with uh, too high expectations or expecting okay. I would, like, super connect with it. Just because, personally, I loved Nesta before going in. Like, she was the one character that I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll for sure relate to Nesta more than I did Farah. Um, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason though I thoroughly enjoyed the book I didn't I it like didn't have those high emotional moments for me like those emotional highs that I'm so used to with Sarah JMS's books like she always she always manages to even Crescent City like I'm not gonna spoil anything because My two co-hosts have not read Crescent City yet. (laughs) Uh, But Crescent City is I will say,
2: though, that this book has kind of made me want to read it more. Well, that's good. Continue.
1: Um, Crescent City is a tough book to get through. I feel like the first 200 pages especially. So (laughs) without saying anything, I was like, ooh, I don't know that this story can really reach those highs for me at any point just because of those first 200 pages. But even in Crescent City... Boy, did those last 300 pages, like, had me on the ground sobbing. You know what I mean? So I was like, "Wow, why did this book not manage that? You know, if if even a book that I wasn't connecting with in the beginning managed it, why did Nesta's story not manage it in the end? I don't know. It's kind of Do a Do you have an answer unanswered. for that? No, it's kind of like, oh, okay, I okay. don't know why I was never fully able to, like, get involved with it. But I enjoyed it. Like, I'm not... You know, mm-hmm. it was just not my favorite, but there's a lot of positive things about it. What about you, Seth?
2: <laughs> okay, so I think it's really interesting because we have, like, three different perspectives and opinions on the book. Um, for me, like, I've been, you like, Anesta. You hated it! Anesta- <laughs> oh, I hated it so much! Did you much. say? No. Um, I've been, like, Anesta Stan, I guess, using the new lingo. <laughs> from like the get-go like when we first like not when we first met Nesta but like when Cassie and her had like their interactions and like you actually see more of her character in book three and like all of that anyways I love Nesta and I was so excited to get her book because you know I'm all about redemption and like personal growth and like all of that stuff um so yeah I was excited and it's funny because like what you're saying that you didn't feel emotionally like connected mm-hmm. or like it didn't Move you in that sort of sense. I was moved. I was sobbing. I couldn't stop crying in certain scenes. And like, I don't know. I just felt like this book was so, it was so realistic. And like Sarah J. Moss, like really did her research in terms of like mental health and like what people go, like what everyone goes through if like they're suffering through depression or like any other like anxiety. Even like she did such a good job of like portraying that with her words, and it honestly hits so close to home. And like you see these characters going through certain things and like, yes, it's a fantasy world. Yes. Like the plot was there, but like, like you said, the plot was Nesta. It was her journey. And I kind of like me being me, I was like, whenever they would go on like their adventures to, you know, find things for the dread Trove. I was like, great. I want to see more Nesta and Cassie. And I want to see more Nesta and Gwen, more Emery, more like everyone else. I wanted to see like that personal development. Mm. Um, and yeah, this book really delivered on that for me, and I just loved every single second of it.
0: So, so you cried. You had your crying moments. You didn't have any of those moments, March. Um, there's
1: one moment that I felt the emotion, but like usually with with like a Sarah J. Mass book, I would be sobbing, and yet mm. I was just kind of tearing up, but not really. I'll talk about it when we get to that moment. But okay. Like, it didn't... I, I don't know why. And maybe, honestly, it might be, like, just because I myself have been going through rough times lately. And maybe I was, mm-hmm. like, uh, unconsciously sort of um trying to take a step back from the book in a way. Because like, you was know, getting too
2: close to home, maybe? Yeah,
1: maybe. Mm. Like, maybe I, like, unknowingly was trying to disconnect with what was happening. And maybe that's why yeah. it didn't hit me as much as it could have. Um. I don't I don't know. I don't know. So but you know, I'm not mad. Yeah. Like I said, it's no, <laughs> yeah. I, I got my my Nessian smut. So like, <laughs> oh, the gonna... smut. yeah. <laughs> All right.
2: Anything else? Or do we jump into um, as did you cry? Did you have any teary moments? I had teary moments. Yeah. And I didn't in, I didn't
0: expect to have teary moments with her,
2: but I did. Okay. All right. That's good to know. I love this book. It was, like, up there for me um, with Akamath for sure. According Court of Mist and Fury. Um, I can't decide which one I like more. Like, it's not even a competition, but I love them both. And they're both, like, stories about healing. And I just, for some reason, Sarah J. Maas really, like, hits you with it. And it just, like, She's leaves an impression. She's
1: so good at, like stories about healing but not necessarily physical healing although sometimes that's a part of it but mental like yeah. just trying to yes. overcome something she did it amazingly with aelin and air of fire and then um uh, what's his name kale kale <laughs> and uh uh oh my god tower of dawn and then this one uh you could even say that bryce's story in crescent city is also a form of healing more like grief uh yeah so she she does it really well and she knows it so I'm like I'm not mad that <laughs> she keeps doing it and and to be fair like all those stories feel
2: different to me
1: I mean even Akamath yeah like you said is a story of a healing too in a way so they're all they all have yeah. something different for
2: sure but also like you said it's similar to um you know Akamath but also um unlike Bryce I haven't read that yet or like Kale's story of healing Um, But, like, she makes them unique. She makes them different. And you I don't know. Like, I just, I love Sarah J. Maas. Like, she's, I will forever say she's one of my favorite writers because of how she portrays certain situations in, like, a fantasy world. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I just, I just love her. Anyways, let's (laughs) move on. (laughs) All right.
1: So, part one, novice. Novice. What happens
2: in this part, (laughs) and we'll probably interrupt multiple times (laughs) and that's fine i'm gonna do like a quick little like rundown about what happens in each part because as we like go through because i feel like as we talk we talk about more about the fun i don't want to like repeat yeah um anyways so in this part we meet a broken nesta um you know how like she's been in um aquifast um she apparently spent a big ton of money um reese's money Um, and apparently everyone's had enough (laughs) and, um, they kind of stage an intervention for Nesta and they tell her basically that she needs to, um, go to the house of wind, um, to train with Cassian and work in the library or you need to get gone basically. And, um, so she obviously decides to stay in Valaris and, you know, say, like she says she's going to do all of that, like work with Cassian and also work at the library um, but it's not really a smooth start for her. She is still very much suffering from like what happened in Acomath, um, and Akawar. and like she's also still suffering um, from her father's death and we know um, in her own perspective like how she feels about her father she never really loved him. she actually despised him for the mo- like most of her life. Um, and yeah, anyways, so she basically does not want to train at all, and Cassian is at wit's end because he doesn't know what to do. He takes her to the Illyrian mountains, and obviously those Illyrian warriors are all disgustingly misogynistic and gross and disgusting, and they all need to die. Um, and, um, my girl Nesta just decides to sit her butt on a rock and not do anything because she obviously just doesn't want to. Can we, Um, okay,
1: can I briefly interrupt just to say that, uh... I felt so much for Cassian in that moment when she's well aware that she's embarrassing him in front of people that want to embarrass him at any cost and want to prove him uh, incompetent. Mm -hmm. And I felt so bad for him. I was like, oh, my God. Like, Nesta, please just do this for him. Like, he's looking like a fool just because of you.
2: Oh. And she's consciously doing it though. Yeah, she knows. She she knows. She knows. And
1: like that scene where he can see that she was about to reach out, but she stops herself. Like she wanted to reach out, but
2: <sighs> Yeah. No, um, and then basically <laughs> we know the House of Wind has ten thousand steps, and that's the only way she'll get out of the the house, um, if not for Cassian or more or Reese or Azriel or whoever, you know, um decides to take her. Out of there, and she makes it her mission to go down those stairs um, to go to a tavern to drink because obviously she's not allowed to drink as well in the house. Um, and we also find out that the house is enchanted and um, also denies her demands for alcohol <laughs> or basically any sort of vice for her. Oh, and she meets uh, Emery um, in the shop in the Illyrian Mountains, and we remember her from ACOFAS. As the girl who, um, she was the one that gave Cassie in The Present, right?
1: Yeah, in, in A Court of Silver Flames. Oh, yeah. I don't know. No. Was it The Present? or she, she, He definitely goes to her shop. He for, interacted uh, with yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember, I remember when she appeared in this book, I was like, oh yeah, it's the girl from the novella. Yeah. Which, okay, yeah. this is a good question, actually. Yes. How do you feel in the initial stages of this book? I have two questions, actually. First one, how do you feel about Nesta in this first part? Because she's quite unlikable. I mean, and and you know, there's reasons for it, obviously, but you yeah. know, Sarah J. Mass yeah. doesn't shy away from making her very broken and unlikable in that in those early stages. And mm-hmm. my second question is when you started the book, so during that first uh sort of part where she's sort of reintroducing this world, do you did you feel like this book could stand alone or
2: not. Discuss. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, S, do you want to start or? So you're okay, so you're asking if this book
0: can be read like as a standalone? Yeah. Did you feel that way or No. No. Huh? No. No, because I didn't feel that way either. I feel like there was a lot mentioned that happened in AquaWar. Or I was yeah. just like, wait a minute, I don't remember. hmm Mm-hmm. so i had to go back and kind of look up certain yeah. things just to kind of refresh my memory like with the whole eris thing i completely forgot who he was um yeah, yeah. i forgot the so whole air i had, thing had to look up more. his like fandom wiki whatever and like uh-huh. kind of refresh my memory um things that happened with like the cauldron so no i don't think it it's possible for this to be no
2: um i agree with that um actually my mom is reading um right now hey mom um and <laughs> <Shout> <laughs> she's like asking all these questions she's like oh wait what happened here again mm-hmm. oh I don't remember what happened here mm-hmm. and here and like what's who's this heiress guy again and yeah. uh, and then yeah so I, I honestly don't think it could be read as a standalone at all
1: yeah I felt quite disoriented in the beginning just because it had been like three years since I had read the last book um yeah it's but been a while. I, I mean I do feel like she did a good Job of mentioning enough that I was like, oh yeah, but not going into too much details. That it that then it felt like I was reading a summary of what happened in the last books. Yes, but yes. that being said, I have read the bat the, the the last few books, so like I could remember what she meant. But if you're reading this and this is your first book in the series, I really don't think that it works. No, and so. I don't know if they marketed this as, like, something you could read on its own, but I really don't think it works. So, if you're listening to this, I mean, why would you be listening to this? Uh, this is going to be full of <laughs> spoilers, so, like, maybe you shouldn't. But, like, if you were yeah. considering it, uh, don't. <laughs> I don't think it works. Second yeah. question was, how did yes. you feel about Nesta in those early stages of the novel?
2: I She was pretty nasty, yes. And she was awful to everyone around her. Feyre being one of them who got the brunt of her hatred. Um, Obviously Cassian as well. Reese, obviously, they don't have a good relationship at all. Um, But like there were still moments where like you saw her kindness, you saw Mm -hmm. her goodness with Gwen, which is another person she met in the library, um, another priestess. And you see her kindness to trying to help Gwen, you know, not get caught by her boss and you see these, like, instances, these small little, like, embers of her, like, personality coming out and, like, her goodness coming out and what makes Nesta Nesta come out. And it's, like, it kind of makes those awful scenes bearable because you know that she's suffering. What we know. Like, we see
1: those instances because we're in her head, but she's not showing it to anyone, really, at this point. Maybe besides Gwen. Uh, Yeah. I felt incredibly protective of her in those early stages. I don't even know why. Because she's an asshole.
2: <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I loved was her so, I hated everyone that hated on
1: her. Yeah, I was so protective. Like, even with the, those scenes with Reese and Farrah, I was talking to a friend and she was like, those scenes with Reese and Farrah really make me hate Nesta even more. And I was like, I was the opposite. I, I was like, I hated Reese. Reese and Farrah in yeah. those scenes. Yeah. <laughs> I Same. hated them. I was like how dare you be like this towards her she's clearly broken and in need of love and
2: you're just being an asshole towards her even Mm -hmm. though she's being an asshole to you but like how dare you and it's funny because like I get why like obviously we get why recent favorite did it is because they wanted her to get better Uh and they wanted Uh the best for her I get it but like honestly like it would be like at 2 a.m in the morning right and, like, I would just like, be dropping my book on the sofa because my dad, I don't for some reason, does not go to bed. Um, and, like, I'm talking about me and not going to bed because I'm reading this book. Anyways, I dropped the book and I'm like, Dad, I just hate Reese and I hate Feyre. And then, like, I just explained to him what's going on, and he's like, Oh. <laughs> Just, like, thank you for pretending, but, yeah. But you
1: know how brilliant that that is? It makes so much sense, though, because this is Nesta's perspective. So I was Mm -hmm. like, the only perspective we've ever had of Farrah and Reese was Farrah's perspective. So, yeah. We saw Reese how she sees Reese. And Reese and Farah yeah, felt. the glorified
2: version of the yeah, inner circle. They
1: felt different here because mm-hmm. we're seeing them through Nesta's eyes. And at that point in the story, Nesta is not very, uh, you know, she doesn't like them very much. So it makes sense that as the reader, you're like, shit, these two people are fucking awful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, and I think we also need to keep in mind, though, Farah um, has always been an unreliable narrator. She's always been like, it's like, it's always mean, every narrator is
1: really, but yeah.
2: Yeah. But I mean, like, I think this book, um, Akosif, really cements that in when we realize Nessa's perspective is also very unbiased. I mean, sorry, very biased. And, you know, um, it's just, it's different. And like, you see these characters that were glorified and like praised in the previous 3.5 books and you see a different side of them and you see them act differently because our narrator is not the same as the one we had in 3.5 books previous to this one. And yeah. But
1: also you have two people that can talk to each other through their minds. So like, I kind of wonder how that would affect someone else's perspective of them because obviously they're having those conversations back and forth like all the time. How isolating that must feel sometimes because maybe Reese isn't thinking what she thinks he's thinking but she has no way of knowing that if that makes sense whereas like with like you know a smile that she thinks is like an evil smile might very very well not be it's just how she's interpreting it but You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot could be lost in communication when you have, like, mind links involved and people not saying things out loud. But I also
2: think we need to, um, when we're reading this book, recognize that we're not seeing the romantic Reese. We're not seeing the lovey-dovey, I will die for my mate Reese. We're seeing the high lord. That is who we are witnessing right now. Because he's doing it to protect his court, his people. And... His People is Cassie and his people is Farah and Elaine for some reason, um, and as and more, and everyone that she's basically hurt. And but also, yeah. Reese is like very
1: okay with sacrificing pretty much anyone besides Farah. And I was like, Reese, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, what about you guys? <laughs> what did you think of
0: Nesta? Uh, in this first 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 yeah. section, I felt for her. Um, I did catch on like little moments where she had a chance to kind of hurt Cassian. Mm. Um, and she kind of like backed off. So I was like noting like those little moments in the first part. Um, and it broke my heart when she went to visit Farah at, the, at their house, at their new house. And like <laughs> there was portraits of everybody except for her. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like that really broke it my heart. It broke like, my heart. Like, have a little drawing for her, you know, something, something smaller. I don't know. Like a stick figure. Like, anything, right? Imagine how isolating that is. Like, she really
1: feels like she's not a part of this, in part because she made herself not be a part of it, but also. Yeah. Yeah. It's different, like, wanting it and actually seeing that it's a thing. Like, you are not really a part of this family. Mm -hmm. Like,
0: it fucks. Mm-hmm. I
2: feel like it fucks with your head more. It does. Right? It does. And it's yeah, because she sees these people and like, you know, Feyre has found a family that actually loves and appreciates her, and like, I I'm pretty sure Nesta sees it that way, and like, I don't know. It was just heartbreaking to see, and yeah. and for years Nesta
0: had Elaine, and then to kind of see Elaine kind of switch yes. sides and be a part of uh, this other group, this other family.
2: Well, that's exactly um as she saw it that's what she saw that Mm -hmm. Elaine literally chose a side and chose Feyre
0: and like as a girl
1: in a family of three girls I can confirm that that is exactly how it is when you're three girls like It's very real the whole thing of like having one of your sisters being like the closest to you and then you know years go by and lives change and things happen and then you realize one day that the sister you were really close with is now really close with the other sister and like I've been the Nesta in like this situation like I've been the one sister because I'm the youngest (laughs) so you know I'm easily discarded. (laughs) (laughs) And like I so understood that and I was like Sarah J Mass really understands family relationships and like she loves to explore that in various ways and like I love that she wasn't afraid of saying like yeah these sisters are not gonna always be you know close and happy and you know the best friends you know because that's just not how it is so.
2: Another instance that Nesta's really relatable is that she has, like, this care and this love in her, but she doesn't feel like she's deserving of it or, like, she doesn't voice her affection for people at all. And it's, like, we recognize that later on in this part where, like, she has to, um, scry, scurry, whatever Mm -hmm. the word is, um, for the, one of the, like, the mask and the dread trove, um, and, like, she just gets flashbacks of, like, when she had to do that for the first time in Akawar. And, like, she lost Elaine because of it. Like, she got kidnapped. Elaine got kidnapped. And she, like, feels that guilt. And she d- she's scared. She doesn't want that to happen again. Like, something like that to happen again. And it's just, like, she doesn't voice that to anyone. She literally mm-hmm. just keeps it in. And we only know it because, obviously, we're reading it in her head. And it's just so heartbreaking because, like, she has those emotions inside her. But yet she, like, reacts in a different way. And it's so sad.
1: And we're so used to seeing this dynamic reversed. So like the man in the relationship is the one that really struggles showing his emotions uh, Mm -hmm. and affection towards people. And then the woman is like the one that's like, you know, it comes easily to her. Here, it's like the complete opposite where Cassian is like the big teddy bear who like will show love and affection easily and nesta is the one that's really struggling with that and you're right that that's something that's extremely relatable like personally that's me like i don't it's not easy for me to show affection towards people doesn't mean i don't love them it's just like i struggle saying like i love you you know and just saying like thanks for being who you are like that's really hard for me no
2: i get that that's literally me too why is it turning into like a therapy session (laughs) (laughs) Because this book is therapy, that's why it just
1: (laughs) it really gets you thinking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. This is also the part where um Nesta decides that she will start or or she would like to um have some of the priestesses train with her. Yes. Um. And so she puts up the little sheet that says like mark your name here whatever whatever and no one adds their name yet (laughs) (laughs) and i have a quote because i just when i read that i was like okay um it says nesta says why aren't they signing up and cassian says is that what you're upset about and she says some of them have been here for hundreds of years and still haven't been able to come back from what they endured so what hope do i have i was I like because <sighs> like yeah she's doing all that like she's she's doing that for them but for herself most mm-hmm. of all i think like the whole i need to see these other women who have been hurt uh come back like our worst that she thinks. yeah and and i need like i need them to see that they can get better so that I can see that I can get better and like obviously for most of the story she thinks that somehow they are worth it but she's not
2: (laughs) she's not which is and that broke my heart I'm like tearing up again Marge (laughs) I can't like for some reason (laughs) this book just hits me so hard because like she is deserving of that you know that growth and that she is worthy of love and it just hurts because I love her yeah and we also didn't talk about the plot, <laughs> <laughs> the conflict.
1: Oh, that's right. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so typical. Of us. Uh, so
2: basically, um, if y'all remember the uh, the human queens from Akwar, um, one had gone into the cauldron. And came out a fae, but she also came out an old crone, basically, because Nesta had took something from the cauldron that it wasn't willing to give when she went into the cauldron. Yeah, essentially what um, they so... wanted
1: was eternal youth and beauty, which yes. she didn't get. Yes.
2: <laughs> no. Um, so Cassian is tasked by Rhys um, to be a, a liaison between um, Eris, which is, you know, the heir to the Autumn Court, um, and the Night Court. Um because we find out later on that his dad Baron um, is kind of working with Bryllyn, the the queen. That's how you say her name. B- b- yeah, sure. Bria- <laughs> I've never Bria-Lan? said her name uh, out loud. So. Bria- Bria- Me either. Bryllyn. Briallen. Bryllyn. Um, a- I don't know. Anyways, the the old lady Prune. queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um she's also working with Koshi, which we've met in um the third book, right? Did um, we? I wasn't sure that...
1: about that. Oh yeah, no, we did. We never no, met never him,
2: but we heard of him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Vasa he's the one that cursed Vasa yeah, yeah, yeah. to turn into a phoenix every time the sun rises. Um so we know that they're working on something and we find out later on that they are trying to acquire the three pieces that make up the dread trove which is basically made from the Cauldron, and it gives you certain abilities. Um, for example, there's a the mask who makes you, uh, which if you put it on, it makes you rise, rise the, the dead, dead and like, yeah, and basically fight or whatever, whatever you want it to do, it'll do it. And then there's the crown, which basically controls whoever is in that vicinity. Um, what was the other one? Oh, the uh, harp. Yeah, the harp plays with time and can make you uh well not go just, back in time go forward in time yeah open not just time but like yeah
1: like like
2: freeze time
1: uh dimensions also yeah
2: yeah yeah it, it does a lot of shit um question anyways
1: which of the three would you want
2: <laughs> the harp i think so too yeah, I'd want the harp because then I could go to any world and pick myself up a Lorcan or a Reese or a Cassian.
1: Okay, cuz the harp includes fictional word worlds apparently. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. You said
2: dimensions? And I'd have to go to um Prithian to get the harp anyway. Sure. <laughs> I feel like that there's a lot of holes in that
1: plan, but I'll give it to you. What about you, Les?
0: <laughs> I think the mask. I really I really like the scene where she puts on the mask and she like kind of controlling like the dead and shit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The mask is scary though. What if it stays yeah. stuck on your face?
0: Well then it's stuck on my face and I control the dead. I don't know. I really <laughs> but, love that scene. Or it controls me.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Uh I feel like I'd say the harp too. I don't really want to control people. That's no fun. The no. mask scares me because I'd be too afraid that it would just get stuck, and I'm
2: just <laughs> here like constantly rising the dead. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't. Know okay. What to do you know do. what this makes me think of? <laughs> you obviously don't know because I don't think I've ever told a story. But basically, when I was in grade eight or grade nine, um, obviously it was like the hype of Twilight, and I like wanted to be a vampire for Halloween, Who and didn't? so. <laughs> What did you do, So <laughs> I decided that I was going to go buy um, fangs, like, you know, the fangs that you you buy for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And these are, like, the good ones. They Like, I spent $20 on this. I used all my allowance. I got them. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I come home from school, and I'm like, you know what? No one's home, so I'm going to put them on and, like put the mold in and like pretend I'm a vampire no one's home right so I'm like I put them in and like they look so good I still have these fangs to this day anyways they look so good I don't wear them anymore and obviously
0: (laughs) I love how you had to (laughs) specify (laughs) anyways
2: I let them set right so they're setting they're set they're in my mouth they look so good they look real they look perfect playing with them you know pretending I'm a vampire in my house (laughs) and then it's come it's time to like take them off because I know my mom's gonna come home in a few minutes right yeah um they're not coming out (laughs) did you glue them on or what no it comes with like um like a paste and it molds to your own teeth and like what makes it stay in your teeth is the mold because it's molded to your teeth and once you take them out, like, they should be able to just come out and, like, you can just, like, put them in all the time and, like, just, it'll stay there.
1: I mean, you had Invisalign S. I had braces. Like, it's the, it's the mold thingy that they put, like, to have mm-hmm. the shape yeah. of your teeth. When they take it off, I don't know if you remember, it feels like all of your teeth are coming out. Yeah.
2: It's so tight. So, that's probably what that was. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So... The rest of the story, maybe not. Okay, I'll just tell you. Anyway, so it's not coming (laughs) out. Me, being me. I panic. You know, I get emotional. I call my mom sobbing. (laughs) And I'm like, Mom, they're not coming out. And she's laughing so hard. She's on the bus coming home. And, like, anyways, long story short, the mask would give me those feelings again. So I will never put on that mask. (laughs) They came out, by the way.
1: I mean, maybe they weren't coming off because your true form had been achieved. And so your body was like, no, they they stay on.
2: You know, I I wouldn't feel bad about that um, if I wasn't sobbing like a baby.
1: Yeah. Anywho, back to the
2: (laughs) dread trove. (laughs) I got so sidetracked. Anyways, so Reese and Cass go to meet Eris at the Spring Court, which we know is Tamlin's area. Um and we find uh, Tamlin has been yeah. for form since like book three. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so he's just like hanging out, Aslan style and just like Just waiting to die,
1: honestly. I feel like the whole <laughs> the, the whole of Prithian is just waiting for him to die. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry yeah, to Tamlin his lovers out hay. there. Honestly, I don't hate him. It's just he's there no. and I I have no feelings towards him
2: yeah I don't have feelings like I used to I used to feel intense hast- hatred for mm. him um but now I kind of feel indifferent and I kind of I don't sympathize but I could see I could see him and kind of feel a bit of pity because like you realize he's going through a lot mentally and like we kind of never looked at it that way but I still don't give a shit about him yeah I still hate I don't him I don't want a story mm. for him but I can see I could see it but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of just—he just leaves me at. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Nesta continues training. Um, and she's getting a bit stronger. She's actually enjoying herself a bit. Um, after Cassian comes back from his meeting with Eris, he's feeling a bit down. Wait, we didn't start. We didn't say the first time that they Wait. did something. The blowjob. The hand Was jump. that the first? That was, no. Was, it was a handjob. That was the second hand. sexual experience. The first one. He goes down on her. No. No, it's a hand What? Jump. The first one is when he throws her against the wall and they're like dry humping yeah. each other and he comes in his pants. Oh, that's right.
1: And then she's <laughs> she makes fun
2: of that. Which... Yeah.
1: Which is great. I love that scene. <laughs> Cassian has... <laughs> I just... I, I I don't know how he did it. Because... If someone was insulting me constantly the way that Nesta is, I would just cry and yeah. just disappear into the void. <laughs> I was yeah. I would just stop existing. So but that bless scene his was hard.
2: I'm not even going to oh, lie. Oh yeah. No,
1: I mean, yeah, of course, but
2: you know. <clears throat> Cassian, you know, in his pants kind of kind of killed me. Not going to lie.
1: But the blow Not job the blowjob in my opinion was the better scene of the two. Like oof, Oh yeah, blow obviously blowjob
2: under the table. Was yeah.
1: hot. I was like I was Okay, Miss Sarah J Mass. I hear you. I I see the difference between adult that isn't adult and adult that is adult. <laughs> 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 I mean, maybe it's just been a while since um Aquawar. No, Which I, I remember the, the sex different. being graphic in that book, but not nearly as graphic as here. Like, she is naming yeah. shit. She's like, there's mm-hmm. jizz coming out of places,
2: constantly just oozing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she, like, took this smut to the next level. Yeah. How did you feel about the blowjob under the table us Oh, I loved it. I loved I mean, all the smut <laughs> <what is it? laughs> And I love Az. He's yeah.
0: the worst chaperone ever. I have a question regarding the mention of her thinking about the threesome. Yeah, that was the th- mm. the threesome that was taken out. Okay. Then why did she take out was it that one? one little scene where it she's kind of imagining Asriel? So how she explained
1: it um, in a, a, a Instagram Live that she did afterwards was that that was the original threesome and she took it out because... Um, a, wasn't the story she wanted to tell. And B, she was aware that if she had that in the story, then there were emotional threads that she needed to weave in afterwards. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want to do that because she was like, these two characters already have too much going on between just the two of them. Because that- you can't just have a threesome and then never mention it again. And she was aware of that. So that's why she chose to take it out. Um, so yeah, that was that was the
0: scene. Then she should have taken out that little, her little imagining. It was a
1: little weird, but yeah. it was a little weird. But personally, as someone who, as you know, I do not like threesomes in my books at all. Same. I was Same. actually okay with it because, A, if you have Azriel and Cassian in one room with you... <laughs> You have those thoughts, okay? (laughs) Like You do not not have those thoughts, A. I I agree with that. I was like, that's a good way of giving the people that wanted it just enough to know what it could have been and to let them imagine that. And then also the people that didn't want it to be canon for it to not be canon. Like, I feel like that was a nice balance between the two. But it it felt a little weird. It did. Because, like, Azrael was the one fucking her. I was like... Yeah, I didn't what? like that. <laughs> I'm just saying, he was the one doing it and not Cassian. Cassian was just getting another blow job.
0: So see, oh. for me, I love threesomes. Like I don't mind them. So that kind of like <laughs> threw me off like you- you're going to tease that and not deliver. <laughs> I don't know. I just it yeah. just kind of felt yeah. Don't tease me like that, please.
1: You know? Mm-hmm.
0: I get that. I get that. And I mean, and I mean, threesomes in my in my fiction,
2: <laughs> not in real life, but in
0: fiction. <laughs> in my f- fiction, that's TMI a little bit. <laughs> oh god, no. she had
1: to clarify, okay? I she mean, to to make sure. I just love that we're constantly, you know, making sure it's it's clear that we're not freaks.
2: <laughs> and I had to clarify what that my fangs that I don't play with my fangs anymore. <laughs> you sure, sir? So? Oh, god! Yeah, are you sure? Are I'm you not positive? convinced. <laughs> you know, after this, I'm going to put them in and be like, I'm a vampire. <laughs> Any who? Um. Oh, my gosh. And we find out in this part, Reese and Feyre are pregnant.
1: Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Cute little How moment. How did you guys
2: feel about that? <sighs> like that. Big sigh. What?
1: <laughs> Why? Big
2: sigh? Why?
1: Because I hated them. <laughs>
2: Oh, because it kind of justifies Reese's like mentality towards Nesta, like a little smidgen. No, but I yeah, I was excited for them. I was happy. I wanted like I wanted to read certain scenes in their perspective and we didn't get that. And I was kind of really sad about that.
1: Well, I'm glad you enjoyed them. But that's (laughs) one of my critiques of the book. It's like too much Reese and Farrah. Really? I I read a lot of reviews I where they knew said it wasn't I knew when she said like, "Oh, we're pregnant." And like, I knew it was going to become such a huge part of the plot and I was like, "But this is about Nesta. I do not yeah. care about this baby." And like, the whole like I just I don't care about Thera's birth canal. All right? Yeah, I don't, don't not, I do not care. <laughs> like It was such a... No, but I mean, you have to admit it was kind of a dumb plot point. Like, she had sex while she had her wings on. Therefore, the baby has wings and, like, the wings are not pliable enough to come through a normal birth canal. I was like, I just don't know why
2: C-sections weren't a thing.
1: Well, A, but also, like, you're going to tell me that baby, little baby wings can't go through like they're probably i mean a baby's head is like literally but like the wings are probably wide maybe it's gonna have a big wingspan i don't know like but if if a baby's (laughs) head can literally be shaped into a cone at that point and then take a normal shape afterwards because they're literally squishy as hell to you know make their way through you're gonna tell me that the wings are not the same
2: i don't know i don't know the genetic makeup of Valyrian wings I just think Caesarean section, like, Caesarean, you know, that could have happened. I don't understand if you can, like, build back wings for Cassian after they've been broken into a million pieces, if you can, like, help Pharaoh like, survive yeah. life or death, if you could, like, literally do every single thing, like, this mag- Madda, Madja, whatever the heck the healer's name is, if she can do all of that. But, like, you can't give Pharaoh like, a C-section, cut the baby out, and, like, give her the baby and like she survives. I don't understand the logic with all of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I just wished it hadn't been about Reese and Farrah as much as it was in those parts because A, I didn't care and B, yeah. I didn't care. <laughs> so... <laughs> and I just thought that the, if the ideas behind it had been solid and I was like, oh yeah, that's totally something I didn't think about that could happen. I'd be yeah. like sure but the whole thing was like oh she's a shapeshifter and like she had her wings when they conceived the baby and like turns out the baby has wings and like <laughs> I was just, like so
0: thrilling. did you think it was it was a little random then yeah very convenient I guess yeah what well, how mm. did you feel about the baby S? Yes? I mean I liked it I was excited to read about that I mean I didn't mind it but I do understand how Marge says, like, it, it does seem kind of, it kind of, um, is the word overshadowed uh, when Nesta was, right? When Nesta was going through. Yeah. And it kind of just made it a part of the plot. Because you so became I, I about that. I didn't
1: feel that. Because every time that there was something going on, it was like, oh, well, let's sacrifice Cassian and Nesta because Farah and Reese are pregnant, so they literally can't go anywhere anymore. And let's not talk about that dumbass fucking bargain that they've made. I was so mm. mad. <laughs> Reese and Pharaoh? Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> but so, I mean, do you anyway. expect
0: differently? Do you actually expect him they, to but be alive and see They made that, that bargain
2: dies? in ACO fast, right? Yeah, they made it at the end. I don't
1: fucking remember that, but I was like, they you did. dumbass love fools. How dumb are you? Why? You're putting um, everyone's lives at-, at risk just because you're like, I'm not going without you. Like, that's a bargain that you make. Like, Fi- like, 500 years down the line when you're like, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. I mean, we've lived a long life. Maybe, like, now is the time. Like, you know, it's, we're not in times of turmoil and war times and stuff. So, like, let's be happy and, like, make this little bargain yeah. that's not going to
2: affect anyone's lives besides our own. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. I I liked it. But, like, as I said, like, the whole logistics of, like, the bat, you know, baby not being able to come out um, via C-section. Um, but I did like their story and like their addition to Nesta's story in the sense where like the scenes that came out of certain aspects of the pregnancy, like I'm not going to obviously get into details with it now because it's later on in the book. I just felt like it did complement and push Nesta in a sort of like growth Hmm. that I think I don't know if she would have reached if it wasn't for certain aspects of that pregnancy.
1: Okay, I'm gonna just specify. I, I'm not a Reese and Farrah hater. I'm glad <gasps> they have this baby. I'm not against it. I like them. It's just, I feel like my feelings are clearly tainted by the fact that mm-hmm. I felt so much towards Nesta and like wanted her to have her own time to shine and not. Yes. You know, it for for so much of her story to depend on the fact that Reese and Farah are unavailable at the moment like i kind of wanted it to be like her thing and like her doing her own thing but you know whatever it's it's fine at the end of the day like i said i enjoyed
0: the book mm-hmm. i i do have a little um i do have a little something that kind of bugged me a little bit but i don't yeah. remember if it was in this scene
2: or in the
0: we second we just find part. out
2: that she's pregnant that's all we find out okay so having a bat baby
0: no so is the second part where uh about the blades
2: yeah yeah is it okay
0: then we'll discuss it on that part uh
2: before
1: we uh switch over to the second part um can i just mention one of the most relatable moments of this entire book also the moment that literally had me laughing out loud and it is the moment where Cassian asks Nesta, what are you reading? And she says, it's a book about a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah!
2: I literally was like, I put my book down and I was like, how relatable is this? Yeah. I literally I laughed so, many so times. hard.
1: I was like, that is me. When people ask me what I'm reading, I'm like, well, I mean, it's a book. <laughs> Like what you want me to say that I'm reading about this big ass blue alien? Like, yeah. no, I'm not gonna yeah. say that. Or I'm <laughs> reading
2: about an alien with like a dick that separates into four pieces? Oh, like, I actually,
1: like, no, the book is about a goddamn <laughs> book. Leave me alone.
2: <laughs> I just love Nessa, and like I can relate to her on that level. Like she loves reading about smut and so do I. Yeah.
1: yeah. Very also the house. <laughs> the house the house loves also loves smut,
2: smut and I love it.
1: <laughs> oh, um, we're also told in this, I mean, this is like the very, very beginning of part one, but we're kind of, it's sort of hinted at that um, Nesta has issues with taking a bath and fires. Yes. Which is the explored of wood later on. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this part at the beginning, we don't know that yet. It's kind of just like, we know she has like, she's uncomfortable in your fires. Um, so we can revisit. No, she
2: she does. She does say it. I mean, in she says head. she <laughs> says
1: so about the bath, but I don't think so. The fire that came later on, like the bath, is essentially because of the the cauldron and when she was, you know, put into it and um, felt like
2: she. No, yeah, the bath, but Cassian picks up on her. Yeah, she we heard we know about it before she goes to Lyrian Mountain and goes to Reese's mom's house, but like Cassian picks up on her flinch when she like he sets the fire and like she's by, like in that house and she flinches when she hears the wood crack. Oh, I must have missed and that then she because like
1: I knew it made her
2: uncomfortable, but i i i I don't think I knew I believe why. unless I'm wrong, I might be wrong, but I know he's the one that catches her flinch, but I don't remember if she had a like a a monologue about the her dad's death. Anything else in this part um, any other notes oh, in this one, um. She decides to practice her fighting in the library and Cassian comes and like teaches her how to throw a punch properly, but he full well knows she knows how to throw a punch and all the other priestesses are interested, Um, but one name finally shows up on the paper. Well, she does
1: that after no one signs up on um, the the sheet that she put up. So she was like, I'll do a public demonstration, show them that there's nothing to fear because the thing with these priestesses is oftentimes most of them it's because... Uh, they were attacked, violated, whatever, by a man, yeah. and so most of them are li- living in seclusion, away from society and anyone. Um, so she knows that they're probably afraid of him, and she'll so she does that to show them how he trains her, and that there's no yes. touching involved. If you know, and or if there is, he always asks uh, permission first, and uh, and then one name shows up, and it is. Gwen.
2: Gwen. Gwen. I love Gwen. How do you, okay, yeah. how do you feel about Gwen? I love her. Love her. Love her. She's yeah. funny. She's sweet. She's amazing. Love her. Yeah.
1: Which, I mean, maybe we should say also, like, how do you feel about Cassian? <laughs> like, I feel like we have not mentioned Love him. the man. <laughs> like, who doesn't? He's great. He is great, but I will say, I feel like I'm full of criticism. I swear to God, I love him. He's a great, he's a great hero. But <laughs> he had he had a moment
2: for me. One moment we'll get to later on.
1: I mean, no, for me it's more like I feel like Sarah JMS's heroes are usually more um uh like they're more different from one another than than okay, let me try to make sense. Rowan, silent, brooding type. Mm-hmm. Love him. Yeah. Reese is like the flashy, you know, high lord that's like sassy but also sexy as hell and like you know he's very different from Rowan. Mm-hmm. So my one criticism is that having read Crescent City, Hunt and Cassian are essentially the same person? Really? Yeah, they're both like the jockey sort of like uh war, you know, commander or whatever. I don't fucking know what things Mm -hmm. (laughs) like they were both like you know leading armies and like they have like shoulder length black hair and like they're they're funny and but also like serious and they're very very similar in my opinion so that's my one criticism like I love them both I love Hunt I love Cassian it's just they feel a little they blur a little bit in some
2: ways, and that's my okay. only
1: criticism. But you know, Nesta and Bryce are different enough that like their stories are different. But yeah,
2: you know, I I don't know. I didn't read yeah. Crescent City yet, so I can't really say. But um, if you I love was, Cassian, um, though, you'll probably love Hunt. So that's a good thing. That's yeah, that's really good. Um, so I was a part of her Indigo conversation mm-hmm. for um her live. And basically, I don't know if it was live, actually. No, it was. It was. Um, So basically, she talked about Cassian and, like, the creation of Cassian and, like, how she developed his character in this book. And, like, what she said was that she had a soft spot for, like, softies who look tough but actually are teddy bears. And she loved him as soon as he walked onto this, like, on an Akamath. And she said that she made him the way that he is in this book because, like, Nesta, he's seen a lot. He's been through a lot, but... He's still positive and kind towards everyone in life. And he was a character that Nesta could learn from and like see that his traumas didn't break him. And like it, they obviously did at that time, but he learned to overcome them. So, like, that's why she kind of had him that way and like that jovial and that kind and patient. And Nesta was like the complete opposite of him because like he's been there, but he's overcome it.
1: Yeah. Also, Hunt and, and uh, Cassian are both bastards. That's, I forgot that. But yeah, they're both. Ooh, uh, okay. They both don't know who their father is. Um, okay. But we'll find out. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> Do you feel like Cassian's um, character development was mostly done in the previous books?
2: Yeah, because I think at this point, the one who's going through that change is Nesta. hmm do you wish there had been a little bit more of him here or were you fine
1: with the amount that we got? Like he was kind of just along for the ride more so than like a, a, like the second main character of this book, I felt like.
0: I feel like it was fine. I didn't need any. I mean, we got the information like of his past and stuff, which mm-hmm. is it works fine for me. Yeah. Like Which yeah is another reason why this is not a standalone.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Like us, I honestly felt the same way. I felt like, you know, the his growth happened in the previous books. And we, it was very much Nesta's story. And Sarah J Maas has like been certain and like she made everyone know it's Nesta's journey. It's always been her journey. And um, honestly, I I appreciate that. And I love that it's a heroine's journey. Um, And Cassian was there. And I think it's like, we should know, like, we should also like read about books where Yes, the romance is a focal point, but it's not the main focal point. And, yeah, I just, I loved how, like, Cassian was there to compliment Nesta in ways. And, yes, he did have his own journey in the book, but I like the amount we got of him. Yeah. I
1: mean, I I feel the same. I didn't feel like I needed more of him, but I I just feel like it's important to note that most of his character development is done in the previous books. So, all right. Part two, Blade. (gasps) What happens in
2: Guys, part two? Guys, we literally stuff. spoke in an hour and three minutes. Well, this is gonna be in two parts. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler: two Can parts. confirm Can at
1: this point, this is gonna be a two-parter.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, part two. What happens?
2: Okay. Um, we start off with Gwen, who is coming into the training uh, to learn how to fight and defend herself. Um, and then we also end up back at the Lyrian Mountains. Um, where we meet Emery again, and then we see her cousin trying to get her shot from her because apparently no woman can run a, a business um, with this backwards Illyrian thinking. And then Nesta tells him off, and Emery and her kind of form like form a bond, and they form a, a sort of friendship. And Nesta tries to convince Emery to join her in training like as you know they've gotten closer. And we also find out that Emery's own father had clipped her wings so she would not be able to fly. I have a question
1: about that before you move on. So Emery's wings, she says they're clipped, but she still has them. So I was really confused because in my head, clipped means like
2: they're gone. But she still has wings. So I think it means like the like probably like the joints or like the I don't know, the muscles that you need to fly. Maybe they've been cut. So maybe not cut, like cut all the way, but like cut enough that she wouldn't be able to heal them. Yeah. Okay. Oh,
0: that, that hurts sense. my heart. I
2: know it's so sad. Um. Anyways, continuing on with Eris and everything that's going on with the plot. Um, he explains. Cassian explains to uh, Eris what the dead trove is and how Koshi and Brylan are also after it. Um, and obviously Eris is an asshole again and tells him off and like. You know we know that he's feeling sad and like hurt by the words that you know that he's a bastard and like he's not going to be anything better than that and li- this is where the bl- blow blowjob happens man yeah my yeah. first note in yeah. part two is blowjob <laughs> i have a sticky that
1: says blowjob <laughs> with like Can't emojis see. of like sweating
2: <laughs> yeah and i'm so mad I, why did i think it happened in part one no anyways part two anyways the blowjob happened already talked about it it was great Mm -hmm. um but basically nesta only like not only she's been wanting to you know pleasure him in ways um nesta knows he's a good man and doesn't deserve to feel unworthy so instead of telling him this because she um she has trouble um using her words to um express her emotions and like positive things about other people she decides to uh you know like give him the blowjob um To express what she feels inside. Yeah.
0: um, Yeah. As one does. Yeah.
2: As as we would Uh all do if we
1: were in the (laughs) presence of Cassian, to be honest.
2: And can we just say, apparently Cassian has a big strong...
1: Oh, yeah. I mean... Oh, no, I was going to say he has the biggest wings, but he doesn't. That's... That's as. as. He had the smallest ones. I mean, the... the, I mean, they're (laughs) all... They all have a considerable length, is what uh, Sarah J.
2: Mass loves to say. Spaz no, but apparently he's massive. I mean, they're all massive, Seth. No, but apparently Cassian is like he sounds abnormally big. So my and but we're they all about do. We're not talking about wingspans.
1: No code words here. Imagine Azriel then. In that, can we take, a, take can we take a moment of silence, please, to. Uh, Worship Azrael's dingalong. Because
0: <laughs> that shit's gonna be delicious what is, when we get what, there. What is that, March? His what? His dingalong? What is that? <laughs> I invented that. I say,
2: I've heard dingaling. Listen, his, I just invented ding. that. I
1: made up a word. Oh, okay. It doesn't well, I've heard exist. dingaling. Um,
2: <laughs> anyways, yeah, he must have. I need a reference. I'm. I need, like, sorry, I need, like, I need to know the sizes. What? Like, what. I, Saff, she said that the the length of the wings
1: is proportionate to the length of the dingling, and, uh, uh, sorry, as has the longest wings. Then yeah. it's Reese. Then it's Cassian. So if you think the Cassian is like huge, well, Reese was bigger, and As will be bigger. <laughs> Are you sure she dicks. says
2: specifically that Cassian has the smallest wingspan? Are you sure she I mean, I'm that? pretty
1: sure that's a line in off like, just uh, when they, when Vera is, like, you know, noticing things.
2: Because <laughs> I, for some reason, I honestly think... Let me biggest investigate. Biggest goes to Azriel, then Cassian, then Reese. For some reason. I just, like, that's how I feel like it goes. It could be because Sarah J. Moss was still trying to write um aquamath in a very young adult slash new adult world so she didn't want to talk about how big his dingling was but like that's how i that's how i'm reading it what is the point of this conversation <laughs> I have no idea
1: i've lost the point <laughs> i i i feel like it's just to say that um cassian is uh well endowed in fact maybe over endowed uh Poor Nesta might have felt a little uh pains afterwards
2: I mean but she enjoyed them you know she was excited <laughs> yeah she was excited for it to be that big she does she does
1: enjoy some pain they both do so
2: oh yes they like Which, it rough. Uh, I appreciate <sighs> it. Anyways, Mm -hmm. moving on from this conversation Um, that had no point. It had no point, but I enjoyed it. Um, Cassian goes to Emery and he gives her a gift from Nesta, which is like teas and spices. And like it kind of was a bribe because Nesta really wanted her to join in the training. Um, And then.
1: But the meaning behind it is
2: like what it meant to Emery in the end was good. Yeah, for sure. Because like obviously Nesta had gone there and. Um, Emery had given her a meal, and she, Nesta saw that she didn't really have teas or spices to, you know, basically cook or do anything. Um, I meant,
1: like, the fact that Emery was like, oh, it reminded me that there's a world out there.
2: Oh, yes, yes. Because
1: that, that, you that know, too. the spices are not coming from uh, Illyria or whatever it's called. So she was like, thank you for reminding me that, like, you know, this is not the only place where I can be. Uh they they became friends because of
2: romance novels, which I was like, this is again too relatable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's how we became friends. I know, and that's why honestly, this is another um, reason why this book hit me so hard. It was like two of my greatest friends became my friends because of books. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, shit. Like now I'm crying because this reminds me of us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Should we talk about the the scene where? Um where she's having a dream and like her her power her flame comes out and that then, in yeah. this part, but is that's it, in it's... this part
2: but before that happens i just wanted to talk about um emery decides to come to training and who brings yeah. her is reese yeah and um reese and cassian are talking in their heads about Nesta's change and he's like Reese's, he like you she know she's being proactive and like she's bringing all of these priestesses and like yeah. actually it's just right now it's just gwen and emery um but then like Reese is being bitter and, like, recognizes her change but still doesn't want to believe in her positive change Fucking and, like, Reese. being an asshole. Um, and then Cassian was like, bitch, stop. Okay, you know like, chill out.
1: You know what? Reese deserved his role as an Uber driver in this book. All right? That's all he did. <laughs> Literally just winnowing I people in him. and out. And I was like, you know what? You goddamn deserve this job.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs>
1: But it's so important um, those scenes uh, of of training, and especially those early stages where it's just Emery and Gwyn, um, because Nesta, uh, you know, in her mind, comments on the fact that like her old, her whole family, and even the like the town, um, they see her for her trauma, for what happened to her. Yeah. They see her as like this demon girl that came out of the cauldron. And they're unable to see past that. And she comments on the fact that with Emery and Gwyn, because they don't know her story yet, in part because she's hiding it. But she's hiding it, A, because she thinks that once she tells them, they won't want anything to do with her. But also because it allows them to only see her for herself. Mm -hmm. And that was so important that, like, they are the two people, maybe with Cassian, who are actually seeing her for her and accepting her as, like, just a person and not the girl that came out of the cauldron and took something from it. So yeah. that was that was really and touching.
2: Yeah, because, like, she has lived with, I think that's over a year now at this point or close to a year, where all she's ever felt was, like, she thinks she's unwelcome and, like, everyone sees her as undeserving and ungrateful of, like, the life she has And, like, has a now, failure. Like you said. Yeah. 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 And, like you said, she has, like, a new book has opened, basically, and she can write her own story. And, like, she's she's found people with similar interests and, like, mm-hmm. kind of similar journeys in the sense where, like, they've been through things, they have trauma. Um, Vanessa's still, like, keeping away from that side because she herself believes she's undeserving of, like, any goodness in her life. I just I love seeing Nesta with new people because you actually see who she is as a person.
0: And she needed someone besides her sisters. She needed to form a yes. friendship and yeah, outside mm. of the family unit, like she needed yeah. friends
1: of her own. Plus, like when she first uh, meets Gwen, she tries to be a
2: little like snappy with her, and Gwen is just yeah. like okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, which I just love. I loved their first meeting. I mean, yeah. it happened in part one, but yeah. I think Gwen and her like i don't know i just i loved gwen from the moment we first met her
1: and like gwen like her, i i i don't know if maybe this is too early to talk about maybe not like the whole story of gwen but um i believe we know by this point that um the whole reason why she put her name on the list is because she said like my sister would have put her name there um, yes. so i i put my name there and i was like oh yeah. gwen
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and then we get the first sex scene
2: yes in this um park. but that doesn't happen yet oh okay sorry <laughs> um nesta <laughs> tries to um scry find the mask she tries to find the mask but was unsuccessful and um she's literally locked in the mat no is she yet i don't remember no she's not this is her by herself and mm-hmm. she couldn't bring it like, she couldn't find the mask um, and then it brings back her nightmares, and she's literally, like, silver flames are everywhere. This yeah. is a nightmare you're talking about, S. Yeah. And um, Reese literally, like, comes flying in, trying to yeah. hold her down because, like, this girl's going, like, insane, and she's reliving her traumas, and then Reese, like, he finally, like, gets her to calm down and knocks her out, and, like, he is rocked. He is shook. He was scared. Yeah. Um. Yeah. How did you feel about that dream? Yes. S. I don't know. I I really like that scene. Um,
0: So they kept, uh, for some reason, like, you know how they kept building up, like, what was her power? Like, what was she? Mm-hmm. And then Ares, Azra yeah. asked him like, what is her power? And he mentions that it's death. Pure death.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What do you make of that? Like, what um, does that mean? Because it's not accurate.
0: Right? It isn't. It's it not. is not
1: accurate. And thank God. I mean, not thank god it'd be fine if she was just the queen of death I wouldn't mind but you know it's not actually accurate because we learn later on that that's there's more to it so
0: it's or is it because they don't know what her power is so they assume that it's death because they haven't seen anything like
1: it probably because that's just what he sees in that moment because obviously the power is manifesting in a dark manner because of the scrying Mm -hmm. I guess
2: Mm -hmm. yeah And also, when he looked inside Nesta, he saw her trauma. He literally saw death and coldness and emptiness. It was consuming her at that point, so...
0: Yeah. Or maybe that's what she wanted, no? She wanted death for herself, you don't think? Maybe. Because of what she went through? Or maybe she deserved... Maybe. Like, maybe, maybe what
1: he thought was, like, death was really just how she feels, you know? Like, maybe it wasn't even the power itself, just her being consumed by what she was feeling you know about herself and about what happened and yeah maybe that's what he saw Yeah, I love that scene though because by that point in the book I remember telling myself she needs a moment of complete vulnerability where the characters who are not on board with her yet see her like that Mm -hmm. I don't know why I felt that way but I was like I need them to see her at a low point to understand where she's at mentally
2: because or else they will never believe it so I was like thank god for that scene yeah yeah, and I'm happy it was Reese because he's the one that was not supporting of her and was the most hateful towards her basically Mm -hmm. and I like that he was one that saw inside her and saw what she was living through day to day um, I thought that was really important
1: plus it was kind of interesting how so she was battling with this like fire um, and he was trying to like smother it with his like night power
2: his night. and yeah. in
1: her dream that was scaring her even more actually yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah. and the only thing that brought her back was Cassie yeah yeah
1: yeah. But she was trying to overpower his power with her fire because she was scared of yeah. the darkness
2: because of the cauldron. Yeah. So Because anyway. of the cauldron, exactly. Yeah. Um and it was, yeah, it's just like it's so sad. Like obviously Reese probably thought he was trying to help and like trying to help yeah. her, but it that wasn't what brought her back. It made her more afraid. It was Cassian's voice that brought her back.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
2: know? I just, yeah. I love their bond. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um
2: So Um, the first sexy...
1: Uh, No, still not. No, it's not the sexy (laughs) man. Relax. I'm excited to get to it, okay?
2: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to it. Okay, we get to the part where I got the most angry. Ooh. Um, For Reese and um, We find out that Feyre's... Feyre's womb is unable to deliver the baby since it's not fit for the Illyrian baby. So we already talked about it, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what got me really angry, and I don't know if you girls will agree with me on this, Rhys decided to not tell Feyre about her life being in danger and also the baby's life being in danger. All he told the healer to say was that there might be some complications and, you know, you might have to take it easy. But everyone else knew about Feyre's imminent death Mm -hmm. um including nesta and i was livid Uh, that
1: yeah that made me so mad because i've been there you know like i have been the child who her parents decided not to tell her something because they didn't want it to affect her or scare her or whatever I've been that child I mean obviously is not a child but like I've had those Mm -hmm. feelings of like feeling like you were betrayed by the people that you love and that they thought you too young or too dumb or too whatever unable to accept what was going on type thing Mm -hmm. I was so mad like it took me right back to those moments and I was like how dare you take that decision away from her like this is her fucking body and you are not telling her the goddamn truth about her own goddamn body I was so angry like that's like that's one step further because it's not just like oh this one piece of information that's unrela- unrelated to her but you just don't want to tell her because whatever no no this is this actually is
2: her her yeah. her, it's her body her baby it yeah. should be her decision ultimately um and I, okay I was at this point I don't think obviously I think you would mute me at this point on Twitter I <laughs> like I,
1: <laughs> you say that like we had a feud <laughs> Yeah, we fought so Seth hard. and I had a um, huge fight in the middle of this park. I muted her on um, Twitter.
2: <laughs> Anyways, so wait—you can't about just this. say
1: that without context. Context is okay. Fine. She was she tweeting muted out me Because I read
2: accusive before her yeah. and before us, so she decided to mute me because, um, for some reason, Twitter was being a bitch was and not yeah, muted words or m- blocked like words. Don't don't, you, don't. Yeah, uh, I I muted
0: work. both of you guys because <gasps> I saw <okay>. the. <laughs> The hashtag and I'm like, I just I muted a lot of people on I Twitter.
1: I wonder she didn't tell so. us she just yeah. did Fun it. Fun fact I only unmuted you today, Seth, because I had completely forgotten. And then I went on um our uh Romancing the monsters podcast. Like I switched over to that to post and I saw a tweet of yours on the timeline and I was like, wait, I haven't seen Seth on my timeline for ages, and I was like, Oh my god, I
2: haven't unmuted her. <laughs> All right, so I'll you're not un- officially
1: unmuted. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. While as
2: so probably still has both of us still yeah. muted. <laughs> no, I have you guys. I unmuted okay. you guys like a week ago, I think. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah. Anyways, back to my tweeting. Um. I li- okay. I was, I was angry. T- I was like rant tweeting. Okay. At this point, I had to put my book down and I had to like discuss with myself. Yeah. What I, like, you know, what, what <laughs> I was feeling. Spell. And, like, I, I honestly, for a second, I was like, what separates Reese from Tamlin at this point? <gasps> yeah. You went there.
1: Damn. I mean, I can agree that I had those
2: thoughts, too, uh, in certain right? places. He lied to her. He manipulated her. He also kept information from her.
1: He also, like, bubbled her. <laughs> <Yes>.
2: <laughs> Which...
1: I had issues <laughs> with. That,
2: that brings me back to, like, grade six um, dances, bubbling. <laughs> Anyways. But, like. <laughs> he put her in a bubble.
1: Like, I get it. It was to, like, hide her scent and, like, make sure she wouldn't be hurt or whatever. But, like. Oh, I. He okay, meant literally. I meant figuratively. Her. Like, Cassian could
2: even hug her. And kiss like, her. And, what? like, apparently that's what they love to do. Like, kiss her forehead and her cheek. Like, Azriel, I thought that was so sweet. Azriel and Cass they love touching pharaoh yeah
1: i mean maybe less so Azrael. like he's not that touchy-feely but like cassian he's for not, sure he's, he's a kisses teddy kisses bear like he just how many times in this book does he go in for a hug or a kiss and goes oh i forgot about the shield yeah. like mm-hmm.
0: how, how sad is that
2: <laughs> right and it's like i it kind of like put a a very bitter taste in my mouth because i yeah. I loved Reese, and I loved what he stood for in like the first three point five books. And like, I had to accept that we were reading Reese and Feyre and Nesta's perspective, and we're seeing it through Cassian's eyes as well. And I don't know. I just like it. Kind of made them more human to me. It made Reese a bit more human to me, even though they're not human, um, because like he made a mistake, obviously. And um, yeah, I just, I just thought it was interesting. But it wasn't the first time Reese has kept anything from Farah. Like he literally kept the mating bond from Feyre in book two. He With knew there were good reasons, and never told her. though.
1: But she was mad about that too. Which yeah. in this book, this is arguably a much bigger offense. And she yes. didn't seem that mad about it, though one could she argue was, that we just don't see the scene. Um, but I mean to the okay, this is kind of later on, but like I was fully on board with Nesta when she said
0: what was Yeah happening. blurted it out. Yeah.
2: I okay, I was as well, but her intentions You had it coming. You had it coming. No, yeah, no, for sure. But her intentions weren't good. And I think we need to recognize sure. that her the reasons for her uttering, you know, that secret that she, she swore was she was she was never gonna say weren't for the right reasons. She just wanted to hurt Feyre as much as she could in that moment because she was hurting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um of course but Feyre needed to know and this is one my one gripe with this book is I wanted that scene of her confronting Reese in their perspective because Mm. hearing from Cass like from Reese sorry from Feyre um in Cass's mind all she literally says is yeah I'm fuming mad at all of you including Reese and we had a discussion about it I wanted to see that discussion because I felt like Reese needed to be put in this place and Farrah would have done that and I fully know Farrah would have done that because she's done it so many times in the other books mm-hmm. if
1: anything uh go Farrah for being so understandable throughout this entire book <laughs> like yeah you know Nesta is being a bitch she's like okay Reese is being you know a territorial overprotective asshole and she's like okay <laughs> like you know, bless her heart for being so accepting yeah. of everyone.
2: Yeah. No, but it's just like, it gets me really angry. Like, I, for some reason, it's a trope in romance books and in shows and in movies and things like that. Like, you know, omitting like, you know, certain facts about one's pregnancy so the other partner doesn't get angry. And I'm like, but why is this a trope? I don't understand why this is something that is good like they think people want to see like um and i was really disappointed in reese when he, but
1: also uh, maybe because in our world there's already so much taboo around pregnancy and so many things that pregnant women are not told um yeah. you know and you know there's this whole thing of like they need to advocate for themselves they have to have this like list of things that they want because they're all, like you know doctors might just do something else instead and like you know, ignore their, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a very sensitive subject as it is in our world, mm-hmm. That yeah. maybe it's also why it's affecting us a little bit more because it's like, she should know these
2: things because yeah. um, it's her life. I mean, I get- It's her life on the line.
1: And, and her I baby's I, life. On, Like,
2: I get Reese's side of things. I understand that he wanted to protect her and like wanted her to have- a peaceful pregnancy while trying to find a way to save her because he didn't he didn't want to accept any other option he knew like he would find a way to save Feyre and he just wanted to, to enjoy her pregnancy but I honestly at that point I was I was angry
1: plus there was no real point to it because once she knew she was kind of chill about it she
2: was like yeah she's yeah. like yeah she didn't want her baby to feel that anger and frustration and nervousness and anxiety yeah. which is you know, what a mom Which does. Which is why he should have told her in the first place. Yeah. yeah.
1: What? How did you feel,
0: S, about all of that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> sorry, I just ranted. I'm so sorry. No, I'll it, stop talking.
0: It's fine. No, you, no, I agree with you, girls. He should have told her. She should have had um, knowledge of what was going on. I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. I would have been pissed. You know? Um. But I also get, like, fast forward like to, like, the next part where I don't fault Nesta for kind of, you know, throwing it out there. Like when you're angry and you have people are keeping things from you and you're trying to to do better and be better and no one is acknowledging that change and mm-hmm. Nesta, like I get her frustration of blurting that out, you know? Um, so I don't fault her for it.
2: So first sex scene? Are we there? Not yet, yet. Oh man. No. Chill. <sighs> I needed to talk about the mask. Yeah. Um, anyways, when Nesta finds out about Farah um possibly dying in pregnant in childbirth. Um the idea of Ferra dying um obviously hits her and she's sad about it. Um she decides to have the inner circle be there as she scurries, scries um for the mask. Um she has a moment where her power overtakes her and she literally becomes her power. Um, and Cassian decides to make out with Nesta Hardcore to bring her back. <laughs> um, and that was pretty hot. I was just reading that scene and I was imagining the whole room just watching her and and him, you know, getting it on, basically. Um, well, because in that
1: scene, I believe it's Reese or as, but I think it's Reese who says, how did you do that? And by that point, I was like, Okay. Is this because of the mating bond? But Uh, I was I was extremely confused because I was like, has the mating bond snapped into place by that point and they're just both ignoring it? Or are they just assuming that they're mates but kind of ignoring it at the same time but the bond hasn't actually snapped into place? I was very confused and then there were like little moments here and there that had me question like are they mates?
2: Is like Mm. is this already a thing or are we talking about the scene like as a whole with the whole book? Like so we know they're by this point.
1: By this point because you know the first sex scene is incoming and
2: I was even more confused
1: by that point. (laughs) So what like what did you think at that point? Like
2: I always thought they were mates. Like, since their first scene and, like, the second book and the extra bonus scene, I, I thought they were mates since then. But because she was human, it obviously didn't kick in. And I think once she became Faye, I think it did kick in, but they were just ignoring it. And like, because, like, even in this book. You think it snapped into place in Akawar? Yeah, or even, like, at the end of Ackowar. No, no, maybe not the end of Akamath. No, I think it did. And the end of Akamath, I honestly think it kicked in when, like, she went into the cauldron and he's, like, screaming despite him, like, not having wings at this point like i think he they knew they were mates but they just continued to ignore it so this book even had instances like in the beginning like he was the one that was able to bring her back from her like dream her nightmare he is the one that would get her like get her thinking and like get her to like show some signs of life basically um we can put a pin in that conversation and revisit
1: it when we're done talking about the book Okay, and we take t- we can talk about the mating bond as a whole throughout the whole book then. Fine. Okay. So. Not
2: sex yet, Marge. <laughs> Relax. We're how almost there How Did you there, feel though. about um, going to the swamp bog area? Um, going to find the mask, because that's where Nesta finds out the mask is somewhere um, in that area. Um, how did you feel about the overall scene of that? Basically, she gets abducted by a kelpie and pulled into the water well she's told
1: to stay in a tree because cassian and Azriel are off fighting uh, eris's soldiers that got lost that went poof all of a sudden and she's told to stay in the tree but then she gets worried because it's been a while which again kind of relates to the mate conversation because later on castin is like we were only gone for like 20 minutes why were you so in his mind he doesn't tell her that but he's like why yeah. was she so worried because
0: he, <laughs> he's her mate and she was worried anyway well you know so not she- maybe it it snapped for him and and like how reese how it snapped for him at one point and then it Not in this book, me. though. I'm so confused. We can come back to it because
1: I feel we'll like there, there are up, okay. upcoming scenes that, you know, add to that. Anyway, um, so she doesn't stay in the tree because she's like I gotta find them maybe they're in trouble and then instead she tries to cross this like river um and there's this kelpie that comes out of it and grabs her and drags her in and tries to rape her it's this whole thing it's that's yeah it was really disturbing and then she finds the mask puts it on raises the dead that are left in the river from the kelpie (laughs) Kills
2: the Kelpie, comes out of it. What did you think? Oh, no. She didn't just come out of that river. She, like, rose out of that water and that, like, that black yeah. water. And, like, Azriel and Cassian are stressing because they can't find her. Cassian is more traumatized with the idea of not finding Nesta. Um, then they stop. And then they see Nesta rising from the water with the mask on her face. Her eyes are basically, like, it's basically not at this her. point. And they kneel yeah. in front of her. In, in front of her power. It's the
1: being that's inside of her. Because she doesn't really remember it. Yeah. Anyway, S, I think this is one of your faves. Yeah.
0: This scene was... For me, it was badass. Just the way she rose and she was wearing a mask. And she commanded, like, the dead and all those creatures. It was a badass scene. The Kelpie was disgusting. And then he he kept sticking his tongue.
1: I kept thinking of that. He literally kept, like tonguing her yeah to like make her breathe underwater but then he was also planning on raping her and, and then making he her was like clawing at like her and he was clawing at
0: like his teeth were like his teeth were sharp af they were yeah. like shredding her mouth it was Ugh. it kind of reminded me of venom like a venom type of creature type of thing with oh, a big yeah. mouth and tongue oh yeah but like venom is hot
2: <laughs> yeah, I going
1: <laughs> to Like, healthy is it? But, and, and I guess uh, in this scene, because of what he's doing, it's also um, uh, rem- uh, reminding her of that one guy from the village that tried to get his, have his way with her because she Thomas? essentially Thomas? called off their engagement and he was like, but I'm going to get what I wanted from you anyway. And mm-hmm. it, it didn't, um, you know, go too far. It went far enough to leave scars, though. But um, so, yeah, so as he's doing that, like this monster beast thing, she's also like struggling with that memory. And uh, essentially, she kind of gives up when she's in the water. She's like, I'm going because she's not um, defending herself for a little while. But then she decides to call on her powers. Does and... she call on her
2: power or does the pot the power call to her and force her? To do something. Mm, I think she tried to call on her powers. Because I remember she said, never again what that happened to me. And she tried to call her powers. But what happened was the mask came to her instead. She emerges and they go to the Court of Nightmares. Yeah. Because they've taken one or two soldiers that were under Brylin's control under the crown. And they try to question him. Reese is there, obviously. Um, And... The mask is there. It's protected. Well, it's warded by Reese, but for some reason, Nessa can go and basically go to the mask, despite all the wards that Reese had built around it. Um, Anyways, things happen. She decides to, um, you know, stay away from the mask because she doesn't like that power. That power really scared her. And she goes to um, take a bath. And um, Marge, take it away. That's what you've been waiting for. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> Essentially they have
1: sex but ladies and gents um they don't have regular sex they have no. rough ass sex <laughs> doggy style on the bed and this is where like you know Ooh. um uh fluids are oozing out of place Cassian <laughs> is like I love seeing my uh, body juices running out of you.
2: (laughs) Cassian is one kinky mother effer. I mean, not even kinky. He was literally just so proud. (laughs) No, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's a kink, Some people, you know, like to see that. No, sure. Yeah. Um, This is a scene where he tells her to grab the headboard, right?
1: Uh, I think it's afterwards.
0: Oh.
2: I mean, they
1: have sex, like, a million times that night, so, um, yeah, well, essentially, um, Nesta is really into rough play, and uh, thankfully, Cassian is too, and um, even, you know, this is great for me. (laughs) It was so good. Great for me. Their first sex scene was... (gasps) It was very hot. I, I was like, Miss Sarah J. Mass, you've been holding out? on us before exactly my words there were words in there that I was like you have never used those words before <laughs> and
2: I'm grateful she used it for Nessie yeah loved um, it how did you yeah. feel about their first sexiness
0: yeah I loved it I'm reading
2: it right now oh. it. <laughs> I love I love the
0: quote where he says I've made a mess of you and she buried yeah. her face in the blanket I like it yeah. Me too. Me too.
1: <laughs> um, and then afterwards, um, she's like, "All right, well, you did what you had to do, so you can go now." Bye. Uh, because obviously they are not at the point where emotions are involved, or at least they tell themselves they're not involved.
2: Um, and so Cassian leaves. Well, I mean, it's because she kept saying this is just sex. Oh yeah. So like he before he gets hurt. Um, he decides to take it upon himself to leave, um yeah. before she can say, Oh, well, yeah, get right. gone, yeah. basically, and
1: um, this kickstarts starts a lot of sex, and when I say a lot, I mean a lot, maybe too much. We can uh discuss that, um, but it are you sure too much? I think there was There's a no little bit too
0: much. no, march, take it back take But it can, back. can i
1: just can <laughs> I just say? I'm usually the first one who's like, this sex is too vanilla in this book. Like, why is no one ever having exciting sex? And this book made me go, I have never wanted two people to make love. Sweet, loving. (laughs) They did. They did. But like for a while, I was like, oh my God, can you guys just connect on an emotional level? I need you to do something.' I don't think it was
0: possible for that yet.
2: And so when and it happened, weird? I was like, oh my god, thank god. Thank god. But I think um, what Sarah J Mass like, was No, it's not a criticism. Implying... It's not a criticism. No, 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 I know, but what I'm saying is um, when Sarah J Mass was talking about how, like, Nesty uses sex yeah. as a way to communicate, I think with the whole blowjob scene, I think that's what all yeah. the sex scenes were basically doing. It was her way to connect. Um, and obviously, like, that's the only way she knew how her first time was basically you know during her depression and like everything that was going on. Um, but it was very also like
1: emotional emotional less and just relief driven like uh, sorry release driven like they just like sure it's a way of communicating and like it's a step forward for her and like she's only with him whereas before she was just using strangers whose names she couldn't even remember. Um, and, like, mm-hmm. in some cases, she didn't even like it. Like, it was really just so that it would, um,
2: you know, try to tame, like, it was, like, to, to tame her powers in a way. Yeah. Um And it was, like, the only thing that could calm her down or, like, stop the, the memories. Those scenes are well written in the sense that you can feel that
1: they're both holding back. Mm-hmm. In that sense, like on an emotional level, they're both holding themselves back from actually connecting with each other. Mm -hmm. And that's what and I noticed that. So that's why I was like, oh, my God, I just need you to make love, please. (laughs) Like, I need you to form that connection to let yourselves go and like Mm -hmm. admit to yourselves that you love each other. And they
2: did. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. I can see that, yeah. Their sex was really hot, though. Yeah. Um. On that note, this is when um Emery, Gwen, and Nesta started meditating and doing something called mind stilling which is something that the Valkyrie, which um were female Illyrian, were they Illyrian warriors? Did no. they have wings? I don't. Th- or no. they were just known no, 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 as no. like they are just warriors. normal fay um high yeah warriors. Yeah, so Nesta um, and Emery and Gwen start to train their mind and also they kind of, like, I guess, garner an interest to these Valkyrie warriors, um, this female um, set of fighters. Um, And yeah, they just kind of want to try that out because they've all been through a lot and mind-stilling apparently helps with that and... It's kind of yeah They meditation. do it, and they all their minds become calmer. Yeah.
1: How did you feel about the whole Valkyrie thing? I loved it.
0: Yeah, that was interesting. It was amazing. how they they, I don't know, because I'm I'm picturing Valkyries like since we're reading the other series. Yeah. Um, oh yeah yeah yeah. So it was interesting, you know, to see a, a, I guess like a different side of Valkyries. Because I you say Valkyries mm-hmm. and I think of like immortals after death yeah you know so <laughs> i did too i'm not gonna lie it was the first time i was reading
1: about valkyrie so it's like yeah. oh i mean okay
2: but, but in, in a sense it's kind of the same thing um because like basically i think the myth of this valkyrie literally comes from like odin and freya and like their band of female warriors that ride on Pegasus's, pegasi, Pegasus's. pegasus pegasi pegasus pegasus and like they ride into battle on like flying horses, basically. And uh-huh. I'm I'm hoping by like maybe book two, um, we get them Helion just gives them Pegasus. Pegasi. What you think the plural would, is. You for think that he word. would
1: part when it, with any of them?
2: He seems I mean, really into his just I'm sorry. But Valkyrie Warriors need their steed. They need their flying horses. Fine. Uh
1: did you feel weird that it was about the fact that it was like a a term that we like that that's not um, unique to this world? If that makes sense, like that she didn't invent a name for these
2: uh, warriors. No. no, no. I thought it, I thought it fit because even Illyrian isn't necessarily a word she's created. No, I've heard the word before. Let me search it up. Well, it's a group of people. It's also a place in the Balkan Peninsula. Oh, true. And it's um, where a group of Indo-Europeans who inhabited the Western Balkan Peninsula. I remember hearing that word before to describe a group of people. So
1: This is the moment in the book where I was like, I have been an Elaine and Azriel shipper before. But Wait, then I already? Was like, now you're going to talk about this? Well, I mean, this is when I started, you know, thinking that maybe I'm actually a Gwyn Asriel shipper. This is when the seeds got planted into my mind. And I was like, hmm. So Asriel is the guy that, you know, retrieved her from this horrible murder place. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and literally. Lots were being sunk. Literally, the scene that had me go was when she keeps looking at him like the first time he comes to training she keeps (laughs) looking at him and then he just smiles at her and i was like i ship it
0: (laughs) girl just like that and wasn't she sassy with him too like there was like a little sass that she gave him Uh uh-huh yeah i don't know if it was this part but how did
1: you feel
2: about uh gwen and azriel
0: as i wouldn't mind no
2: okay Mm -hmm. Um. Which shipper are you? Are you an Illyrial shipper or are you like an Illusion shipper? She's Illusion. Illusion, yeah. Okay, so then you're fine. For me, I okay, and when I read that scene too, I was like, I was intrigued, but I kind of was an Elaine and Asriel shipper going into this book. Mm -hmm. But before that, I used to flip flop between Illusion and you know, Elaine and Asriel, and this book kind of maybe might have cemented me um, as a Aswin-shipper. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, Gwyn
1: and Asriel. We can talk about the bonus scene at the at the end in the next episode. Uh, but just at this point, at this point, I, that's when I, I started thinking, mm, okay, Gwyn and As might be a thing.
2: Um, yeah.
1: And we could talk about Lucian and Elaine later on. I do have thoughts about that.
2: Me, I do too. So And I have a theory about Elaine that I need to talk about. Ooh. Um. Anyways, okay. continuing on. Let's let's yeah. push through part two. <laughs> um now um we get to the scene that you like us that you want to talk about with the blades where she went to the blacksmith with Cassian because um they he believes it's time for her to learn about weapons and then she decides to work on weapons and learn how to forge them with the blacksmith. And what did she do, S? She created weapons with her power, basically,
0: right? Yeah, her 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 power. Yeah. So so my issue with that, you know how um, the blacksmith, he brought over the blades and took them to Resand, and um, they're all discussing the blades without Nesta there. And Amarin, again, <laughs> yeah, so Amron tells Resand, with these three blades, you could you could make yourself high king. And they're kind of pushing that, you know, they're kind of pushing that on him. And I, I didn't like it because those Nesta made those blades. It's with her power. So why are they pushing yeah. that on Reesan so he can take over and become high, you know, like it, that bothered me a lot. But also why are they pushing for that? It's so out of character for Reese. It's so so out
2: of the values of their court. Yeah. So like he, he never wanted to be high king. Exactly. Even, but like, said, All of them are pushing it. for
1: it. Like Cassian and Azriel, they're all like, Yeah, why don't you? And it's like, Do you not know the men? Like I'm like, do you not know him? That's like so out of character for him. He would never do that. He never wanted it. Like what?
2: I don't want it. I if Sarah J. Maas does that, I kinda be really disappointed because it doesn't fit his character and especially yeah. like he talked about like you know one high king or casting in the past and like it just didn't seem like something that Reese would ever want to do um and I didn't like that Amran kept pushing it and pushing yeah, it plus it's
1: it's stressful enough just being high lord of one court you want to be high lord of all of Prithian are you sure mm-hmm. about yeah. that yeah no yeah, that was a weird moment for Amryn for sure. I was just like, I mean... It, she had a lot of it, weird wasn't moments weird. in this book. It, it made sense for her character. Amryn has always been that way. Like, Amryn, yeah. gonna Amarin. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's yeah. she's kind of evil, quote-unquote evil, at her core. Um, But, you know, she fights against it, which is kind of where her fight with Nesta started off because she was like, yeah. I know that you're better than this, but
2: you're not allowing yourself to be. Yeah, but I think but it was with Amorin, like, she's not human and she's not fae. Yeah. Um, so she thinks of things a bit differently and yeah. like, looks at things differently as well. Um, but I really did not like her in this book.
1: And so they choose to hide it from her or, like, tell her when the time is right-ish.
2: No, they vote to, but um, Cassie and Azriel vote for her to find out. Um, and then Ru- Reese. Of the yeah. In the end,
1: in the end, the vote is in her favor, but Cassian, yeah, chooses to because wait. Feyre
2: believes that her sister deserves to know. So
1: I wish she viewers, finds. Out, I'm sorry, listeners can
2: see your face right now.
1: She finds out <laughs> uh, in a very bad <gasps> moment, and yeah. is very hurt by it. And she's, in fact, so hurt by it that it's the first time. And the only time for a little while that she's able to go down all 10,000 steps in pure anger, (laughs) fueled by rage. (laughs) And I felt it. And when she got down to the the end, the bottom of the stairs, she wasn't even proud of herself. She was literally just raging. And she goes to Amron's house. Who is having sex with um what's his name? Varian. Varian. Oh, Varian, Varian yeah. At that moment. Yeah. So, you know, that's not gonna be in her favor with Amran. Um, and she's like, How dare you? And then Tera appears, and that's the moment when because Nesta was hurt that she was lied to, or that they kept information from her for a while, she tells Vera. Well, maybe you should be mad, too, because they did exactly the same to you. Yeah. And all hell breaks loose. <laughs> and Reese is literally like, Cassian, take Nesta away,
2: or I will kill her.
1: How did you feel about that?
2: That was... Hated it. Yeah. Nesta had the balls to do something that you didn't, Reese. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, bird. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, agreed.
1: And, like... <laughs> Sure, he apologizes eventually for saying that. Does he, though? But, like, it's such, like, a half-assed apology for literally saying, well, A, to Farah, because, like, you literally threatened to kill her sister. Mm -hmm. And B, you literally threatened to kill a member of your court, who is Nesta, who was just telling the truth because you are men enough to say it.
2: So But I think we also need to look, as I said, the her intentions behind telling the truth. They weren't pure. They weren't out of the goodness of her heart. So sure. it wasn't so that she was helping her sister. It was literally she just wanted to get back at her sister for choosing these people that has like that have lied to Nesta and ha- like they've treated her like shit and like literally like Anesta's mind, they aren't good people right now. And that's, Fa- that's who Feyre decides to keep as her family. Um, and, yeah, in her anger, she decides to just blurt it out. So, when
1: Cassian tells... No, sorry. When Reese is like, take her away, Cassian takes Nesta to a mountain somewhere in Illyria. And
0: they go camping,
2: basically. Well, camping is a nice way to put it. <laughs> but before then, that's when Feyre um, reaches into his mind and... Fayra tells him that, you know, um, I'm mad at all of you guys, but at least Nesta had the balls to tell me. Yeah. Yeah. On this hike, though, Nesta is very much broken because she hates herself for telling Feyre yeah. that yeah. the truth. And she acknowledges what she
0: did, and she knew it was wrong.
1: I was heartbroken when, before Cassian finds her, he says, like, because he finds her running down the streets, and he literally says... She's running from herself and what she did. Mm -hmm. I was heartbroken because I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, she knows what she just did. She's like, she thinks this is the last straw. Like she knows that Reese is going to be like, this is the end. Like she's, she's not surprised, I guess, that he wanted her dead at that point. So, and she's literally running away from herself and what she just did. Like we've all been there. We've all said something that we
2: so regretted. Right away, and I think she also thinks that's the last straw. Yeah, in terms of like that's the last thing people will take from her, and but just, also like, they for just herself. Her after that. For herself, she's probably like this is probably my lowest low, it, and it, it basically was. It's yeah, no, on this hike she was unresponsive. She literally was just carrying this heavy ass backpack that Cassian thrust upon her. She wasn't talking. She would just like lie there if she fell. She wasn't she was drinking, like she God. wasn't
1: eating. So she literally mm-hmm. was going to let herself die cuz she she and that got me. Like how she was like, "I know I need water right now, but I I don't think I'm worth it to like ask for a break." I know. This she didn't even think she was worth it for
0: water. <laughs> like so I she know. let herself pass out. There's there's this one quote where she says she had been born wrong, had been born with claws and fangs, and had never been able to keep from using them. Never been able to quell that part of her that roared at betrayal, that could, ha- that could hate and love more violently than anyone ever understood. Elaine had been the only one who perhaps grasped, but now her sister loathed her. She didn't know how to fix it, how to make any of it right, how to stop being this way. And that freaking breaks my heart. I know, I broke mine because she wants to change and she just doesn't know how. She wants to do better, but but she
2: honestly doesn't does think she deserves no people's kindness. And to.
1: and that's yeah. the confirmation because by that point in the story she's been taking strides like, you know, taking forwards, like steps forward in her journey mm-hmm. mostly. Yeah. And then this happens and it's like cuz she still even though she was moving on and forward And making progress, she still had that doubt. And that was the confirmation for her. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah,
1: I'm not worth it. And then she has this like relapse, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. And it was, I mean, I think it was important to have it.
2: No, and I think I like that Sarah J. Mass like included that in the story because like mental health isn't just like a straight line. Like, we have relapses, we have like instances where like we get to the lowest low again and we have to build ourselves back up. And I like that it wasn't like, it was realistic. Like, I love that the, her journey was realistic in that sense.
1: Yeah. And it shows that she was looking for, she was in a place where she was still looking for the clue that she wasn't loved and she wasn't worth it. Yeah, for which...
2: sure. Um, and they reach the, the lake, which is the end of the trek. And Nesta finally breaks yeah and she sobs yeah you feel how tired her soul
1: is in that scene like she's literally tired exhausted of being herself exhausted like she doesn't want to be herself she like she would crawl out of her body and her soul if she could you know what i mean Like that's rock bottom and like it's so interesting that that scene is actually in Cassian's point of view and yes. he thinks that she's going to rage, but she yeah. actually like falls down and breaks down into tears. And like,
0: Oh, she finally faces too what, what happened with her dad. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I like, she finally decides to tell Cassian the extent of her trauma and like what she's been dealing with throughout like the whole year. Um, And then Cassian finally reflects, like, reflex, whoa, (laughs) reflects on what she said and, like, his own actions and every time that he set a fire during their trek that he must have been triggering her. And, like, he also reflects, like, we all kind of, like, had um, opinions on Nesta and Aquafest with her, like, being the way she was at that party, the Winter Solstice party, and, like, she was being hateful and spiteful. And then Cassian realizes maybe the reason she was acting that way was because of that big ass fire that was there with the constant crackling of wood and like the snapping of the wood and he's like that must have been so triggering for her and yeah it, it that really hurt me like that one hit me so hard because we were all I remember reading this book and we were all like oh my gosh like Nesta's kind of like being really spiteful and hateful like I like it's kind of like it's bad um I remember talking about this and then like we find out that she's been struggling and like everything's been triggering her at that point. But also
1: I appreciate that um Sarah J Mass didn't um sort of change what happened and made it like, "Oh, it's cuz, you know, this and this happened that you didn't know about or whatever." Like, no, yeah. Nesta was literally like, "No, I was being so mean." You know, like yeah, I was she being knows so she was wrong. Being a bitch. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I really appreciated that she didn't like sugarcoat it or make it something it wasn't. It was like, no, I was wrong. I was such a bitch. I thought that my father was, um, you know, like a failure. I didn't understand why he wasn't protecting us, and in return, mm-hmm. I was spiteful and mean, and sent my sister out there to feed us,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah. sat on my butt and didn't do anything.
2: Yeah, because she honestly believed like her dad was basically a waste of space. He is an adult and he didn't take care of his children, his three young daughters. He didn't like he didn't care to do that. And like she became so spiteful for it. And it's that's understandable, but it also doesn't justify a lot of her actions. And she knows that and she fully says she can't stop from lashing out. To those people that she cares for. She literally can't help it. And she like doesn't know what to do about it. And she yeah. believes she's undeserving of that love or any love for that example because of how she acted in the past. Yeah. And yeah. And
1: she doesn't try to justify it. It's like
2: No, she doesn't. And,
1: and don't don't justify it. Just move forward. Make do better.
2: Yeah. And okay, so this is what Cassian said, and like it honestly, it was it was perfect. So his response to everything that she had said was Um, I'm going to tell you that you will get through it. Hold on. It's so small. She literally has glasses. (laughs) She can't read. Shut (laughs) up. If you can see how small this is right now. Um, (laughs) I'm going to tell you that you will get through it, that you will face all of this and you will get through it. That these tears are good, Nesta. These tears mean you care. I'm going to tell you that it's not too late, not for any of it. And I can't tell you when or how, but it will get better. What you feel, this guilt and pain and self-loathing, you will get through it, but only if you are willing to fight, only if you're willing to face it and embrace it and walk through it to emerge on the other side. And maybe you will still feel that tinge of pain, but there is another side, a better side. Yeah. And I just feel like those are words that Nesta needed to hear and also like a lot of readers needed to hear as well. Um, just I just commend Sarah J. Mass because... This book really hit me in places I didn't think would hit. Um, but we didn't really <laughs> talk about the the plot. What plot? Well,
1: um, we are two hours and ten minutes into this first part, so I yeah. feel like the plot's gonna have to wait till yeah the next
2: episode.
1: Um, all right, so this is where we're gonna end it for this first part of our um, A Court of Silver Flames discussion. Um, it's already very long, so if you've made it to this point, thank you very much. I hope you will join us uh, for part two. Not sure when it will be out, maybe a week or so from now, maybe earlier than that, depending. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can find us on social media um, on Instagram. We are Romancing the Monsters podcast on Twitter. It is the R T M Pod. You can also email us if you want to at romancingthemonsterspodcast at gmail.com. And we have a TikTok, which is romancingthemonsterspod, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and you can also find me on both Twitter and Instagram at uh, pr- uh, prosmickfos. Pros. <laughs> um
0: <laughs> No. <laughs> you can find me at foes and lovers on both Twitter and Instagram and you can find me us on both Twitter and Instagram
2: at but this book and you can find me Seth at pros with Wolves on both Instagram and Twitter
1: and please join us for part two whenever it's posted um... yes
2: well we'll be talking about part three and part four and I yeah. have some theories I need to talk about with yes. Elaine um, some little tidbits. With Gwen. We'll talk about theories, we'll talk about the bonus scenes. Join us. Bye. Bye. Bye.